Now, Elliot had his appointment this week for six months, and he is 20 pounds, two ounces, guys, 100% breastfed. Okay, that's a lie. We just started um, baby food, and I don't know what you guys do, but I do a mix of baby lead weaning and purees because purees are just kind of easy, if I'm being honest. So I want to talk about feeding baby and what that looks like. Um because you know it can be kind of hard to decipher what you should do and what you shouldn't do as a mom uh and there's like not a lot of time for research in my life but luckily I did the research with Mia I had more time when I just had one baby and um I've been able to figure out what works for us so for us I use little spoon because I am really into making so with Mia, I made her own food for a couple months, and then I switched and started. Um, as she started doing more baby-led weaning, she would eat what we ate along with, like, a pouch. Um, I did beech nut and... Uh, I did beech nut and baby Gannics, I think is what it is, or Happy Baby. Some organic um, food pouch that you could find at the grocery store is what I used with her. But I did feel like, uh, and I, did, I recently, right, so here's the whole story. Elliot just turned six months within the last week. So I started giving him food about a week ago, maybe a little more than a week ago, uh, and just started with things that I knew I was fine with with Mia. So I gave him avocados as his first food. I think avocado is such a great food because it is, I think it's a vegetable, if not, it's a fruit. I don't really know. Sometimes I get confused between that. But it um, avocados are just really good for you. And they're yummy. They're creamy. And the way I make mine is I just like mash it up. And I just mixed it with breast milk. I have a ton of like frozen breast milk. So I kind of just mixed that into a little puree. So that way it was like food. But he was still eating something he was used to tasting. And then from there we did sweet potato and squash, butternut squash, pears. He does not like pears and he does not like apples. Um, he's more into the veggies and the fruit and that's interesting, but also fine. The only thing he really likes that's sweet are prunes and Mia really liked prunes as well. And that's good because when you first introduce babies to solids, it can kind of, it changes the way, this is like TMI, but it changes their poop and it changes like how often and their little bellies kind of like rustle and get used to it. So prunes has always been a good add-in to the weekly meals because, you know, it just makes sure he's not getting constipated. I don't know if you guys have heard me say this before. My trick for constipation is mandarin oranges in pear juice. So my local grocery store is Wegmans. That's where we shop regularly. And Wegmans has mandarin oranges in pear juice because pear juice and uh, even apple juice and prune juice is typically used to help with babies who are constipated. However, Elliot would hate juice if he drank it. He does not like juice. And as babies get older and can eat, even with Mia, she hasn't ever really been constipated, but I know that I noticed that with mandarin oranges, I have to be careful how much I give her because that pear juice really, really works. 
So mandarin oranges and pear juice because then your baby's eating and it also like will keep them regulated. But for my kids, that stuff works really well. So like be careful with that. Uh, but having prunes, he likes to like oatmeal and prunes in the morning or something like that is easy. It sounds gross. Like as an adult, I wouldn't do it. Although it would probably be good for some adults. And anyway, so with baby food, the question often is, when do I start feeding my baby? What do I start feeding my baby? What is okay? What isn't okay? And I remember with Mia, I was really into waiting until she was six months. I, I pretty much felt the same way with Elliot. He was a week and a half or something, or like a week and a half, two weeks away from turning six months when I started with avocado and just slowly started with oatmeal as well. And he enjoyed that. And then from there, you know, added the sweet potato, the squash. But for me, it became um, important that he, it's important to me that my kids are eating, you know, real food when we're not living off of Chick-fil-A, but that they're eating real food. And especially when they're first starting out and things like that. So, um, you know, I don't do rice cereal. There's nothing wrong with it. It's up to you. It's just there's no nutritional value, really. Um, but there's a ton of stuff we eat that doesn't have nutritional value as adults. But uh, so I just do oatmeal. And then I am really into baby led weaning, which is pretty cool. So I kind of mix up the two. Some people say to skip purees. Um some people are only about purees for a while and then they try to introduce solid food but I like to do a combination of both now what's important is that you do introduce like nuts and um, allergens to your kids early as well because it could help them um, not have allergies I remember you can buy pouches you could do this a million different ways you can buy peanut powder and mix it into their oatmeal you can buy pouches that have nuts mixed in with some other fruit you could just straight up give them some nuts the only thing you're not really supposed to give babies before one are honey let me see if i remember honey cow's milk and i'm blanking on the last thing but it must be something we don't eat honey cow's milk and i can't think of what else the other thing is because it's good to start with meat and everything too and in terms of meat with babies, what I prefer to give him is, you know, you could do chicken, you could do turkey. If it's really tender, I stay away from like ham and things like that. Ground beef is really good. So tonight it's Thursday. So I'm doing taco Thursday. And for taco Thursday, I'm going to give him like a little bit of ground beef, a little bit of refried beans and black beans. I gave me a black beans when she was little too. I'm kind of staying, I'm not saying I'm staying away from them, but the, the skin on them makes it a little like slick, slick for somebody who's just starting to eat, like maybe in a week or two as he continues to eat solids, we'll do black beans, but I'm not, we're not there yet. So just whatever you feel comfortable with, um, all food is fair game. Meat is good to give them. And as you feel comfortable with food, you can go ahead and do that. So what I'm doing, like I said, is a mix of purees and a mix of baby led weaning. I make broccoli and, you know, make it really soft for him and little. So it's like soft. You basically can swallow it. I had, when I got my teeth 
my wisdom teeth pulled, I ate like really soft pasta. So he's had really soft pasta um, and things like that. I got a baby lead weaning spoon because it allows him to even still have some purees and use the spoon himself. Now he's not good at it. It's more for fun at this stage for sure because he most of the time is missing his mouth. It's getting on his clothes and everything. But the spoon doesn't go too far back. So if you buy like a baby spoon that's little, uh, I don't know about you, but Elliot's teething. So if I were to, like when I use one of those regular baby spoons, I'm the one who's controlling it. But I want him to have some autonomy and kind of play with the food. So I bought baby led weaning spoons because they can't go too far back. And they have like nice little like teething like ridges and things on those. So those are some things you can do if you're like figuring out when to start feeding your baby. Now, in terms of my life is all about convenience, okay? If you are looking for somebody who is going to tell you how to save money, it's not me. It is not me. I wish I could be a value person and like a safe person. Um, Obviously, one way to do that is to make all your purees. Like you can buy sweet potatoes and avocados, which I have. I have them, but for baby led weaning purposes, I cook them really soft and cut them into um, like longer strips and, and he kind of can like play around and eat with those. If you look up, you can even see baby led weaning, like uh, what size to cut food for certain babies and you can add things for grip. So like avocados are slippery. So sometimes you could do like breadcrumbs. The air fryer is amazing for baby led weaning. Another thing that I've made in the past is banana pancakes. I don't know if you know you can do this. It's so easy. You can just mash up a banana with an egg and it makes a pancake. And those are like, that's a good way to do like some protein eggs are good to give your baby anyway I'm going on this long spiel of like what to feed your baby or at least like what I've done so tomorrow he'll have some eggs for breakfast uh if you don't like want to scramble them up you could do a pancake and a banana and that's like perfect oh so anyway like I was saying is I'm not (laughs) the best at saving money so I love you guys. I hope you like this podcast. I'm not going to tell you how to to save money because that's something that I struggle with. I am good with convenience though. Okay. I am good. I'm all about convenience. I Instacart all hundred percent of my groceries. I do not go to the grocery store. I am not lugging around two kids. I am not forgetting things on my list. I pay my yearly fee for Instacart and I get it delivered. Yep, I pay for a year and it is the best thing for my life. It saves me time, saves my sanity, and I use it like three times a month. I'll get groceries delivered about. So I do that. As you guys know, I like HelloFresh. It's it's also very convenient. It takes meal planning out of the way for three nights a week. So if I know we typically eat out on the weekend, like we might, we typically will do like a lunch and a dinner out on the weekend. So we might do like Sunday lunch out, Saturday night dinner out, or it might be Saturday night, Saturday and Sunday lunch out or something like that. So I don't really meal plan for the weekend. It's kind of whatever we have in the house that works in ordering out. 
but during the week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, or even Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, being able to HelloFresh is convenient as long as you have the arms to do it and um, the time to do it. And honestly, I do. They're usually like 30-minute meals. The other thing I use that's really convenient is now Little Spoon. So Little Spoon is a really cool company. I think I paid 30, it might've been $30 and I got a ton of little baby food. So the next time I do my shipment, I'll let you know exactly what I get and I'll talk more in depth about that. You can probably see that on TikTok or YouTube. So just make sure you're following me um, and I'll post on Instagram about it as well. So that way you can like kind of follow up. So if there is a TikTok or a deeper video about it, I'll tell you. But Little Spoon's amazing. They send you like 15 or something like organic made baby food and if you look at the ingredients and even if you taste the ingredients you can tell it's just that straight food so they do and they do it per age so Elliot's only six months so they gave me straight food they gave me carrots they gave me prunes they gave me pears mango apples um sweet potato and carrot combined and butternut squash and they're all purees they're all just a hundred there's no added ingredients they come in these cute little containers that you can honestly save they're so cute and put like snacks in them they come in these cute little square containers with a little spoon for each serving so honestly you don't have to do any cleanup or prep work you can just heat it up if you like to like give them warm food if you like I give prunes cold but I do carrots and butternut squash and sweet potatoes warm and I do apples and pears cold like the way that you would typically eat it they're so easy so convenient and you can also get boosters so they have a whole bunch of different types of boosters if there's anything you'd want to like give your kid so I did digestion because I noticed Elliot's always been gassy and fussy so digestion and I did I think brain development with iron and and good important things like that things you would get from like salmon and you can add those little boosters to the packets or you could add it to their oatmeal in the morning or whatever you're feeding them and it's kind of like a subscription box I have learned that it's important for me to allocate a certain amount of money per month to subscriptions right so I'm subscribed to Little Spoon and HelloFresh to feed my baby and feed my family and it's really convenient if you're a working mom I would highly recommend it now honestly if I wasn't working you guys know my whole working backstory I would just make the food myself and if I wanted to buy some boosters but because I am working during the day it is like lunchtime is actually a really chaotic time in our house. My husband's either like one of us is trying to take a shower. We're trying to do dishes, prep dinner. Like a lot goes on during lunchtime. Um, sometimes I make dinner during lunchtime. Sometimes it's let's clean this really fast during lunchtime. Sometimes it's let's do a project, a craft, um, take a bath, take a shower. Like lunchtime because we're both, I'm off for lunch for about an hour and Ethan is as well. It's just a time to get some things done so the evening's easier. And I don't want to think about what I'm going to feed you know, Mia, myself, my husband, and then Elliot all at the same time. So just having Little Spoon right there and knowing, okay, I could give him, you know, some sweet potatoes for lunch and some cut up avocado, 
call it a day once he starts eating meat maybe some chicken and that's like a pretty good meal now he's not at the stage where food is like he's he's six months guys now when he's eight nine months it'll look like that meal I just said sweet potatoes avocado and chicken I'm not doing all that right now right now I'm literally just introducing him to food and if he eats a good amount great if he doesn't He's mostly nursing still anyway, but it's just a fun way to to introduce food. I'm all about baby led weaning mixed with purees because purees are, you know, easy. You're not as nervous about like choking and things like that. Honestly, it's normal for kids to kind of cough and gag and figure out how to eat at first, um, even if it's a little bit scary. This was a long tangent about food. But I wanted to just share with you what I'm doing. So if you have a newborn or you have a six-month-old or you are just curious about, like, food or if you're having a baby um, in the future, this is some things to, to know. And I will be doing probably – I don't – I don't know what I'll do for introducing nuts yet. If I'll get the pouches, I'll probably get the pouches I did before um, and give those to him a couple times a week and call it a day. Um, Mia's not allergic to nuts. I've made a point to continue to give her things with nuts in it, with peanut butter in it, and she's good. Typically, allergies will show signs around two, so that's when it's scary, but she's three. I think... knock on wood we're in the clear and that's what I'm doing for food okay so let's talk about when to have another baby I will say this raising kids is always going to be hard and I think I've said it before there's no perfect time to have kids there's like a lot of factors that go into having kids so the perfect time to have a child is when you want to and feel 80% ready to do it because you're never going to feel 100%. Um, Now, when to add another child, I will say it just depends on the lifestyle you want to live and what that looks like for you. So I wanted my kids, and also think about the overall picture. So I wanted my kids to be close enough in age. Okay, two years felt like a good number for me because... You're basically a baby until two years old. And then at two, you're still kind of a baby. And then at three, you're kind of getting more mature. And so I wanted to have separate baby stages. I wanted to live Mia's baby stages with just her as a baby because it is really special and it does fly by. Also, I wanted Mia to be able to be semi-independent before having another one and also not breastfeeding. That way, I mean, people who, you know, tandem nurse and do things like that, I'm just giving you my experience on why I did it the way I did it. Um, If you're not breastfeeding, then it might not even be an issue for you or you might not even think about that. But I just felt like two years was good. I felt like they would be close enough in age that they could be close, um, you know, as friends and grow up together doing similar things things but at the same time they have a little bit of distance a little bit of separation so Mia of course will graduate they'll be in high school together briefly Mia will graduate first and then Elliot will graduate and so on and so forth um I also didn't want to 
like at the end when they're not the end like when they're all growing up I didn't want to have like one 18 year old and like one nine year old or something like that now there's nothing wrong with doing it that way my mom did it that way and honestly it worked out well for her because I am grown out of the house and have babies I was gone and away to college and she was still doing the school age thing with my siblings, with my brother and sister. And so she really got to experience me. I kind of grew up separately from my siblings because I'm a little bit older than they are. Worked out for me. I got like a weird, like first child thing going on. Um, And that's why I say ultimately, whatever you want to do, it's going to work for you. Now, what I will say is that the newborn days are very hard. Okay. They are extremely hard. It's it's not to scare you. It's just the truth. You are deciding to walk into a war zone. <laughs> That's what newbornhood is like. And when you have a, another baby who could be teething, so if you have like Irish twins or if they're only a year apart, I can imagine that it's extra hard because now you have a newborn who's kept you up all night and now your baby's keeping you up all night because they're teething and things. The difference is with Mia, Mia was two. So guess what? She has all her teeth except for her two-year molars. And so when the baby came, she wasn't waking up at night normally. So she's typically, she will typically sleep through the night. She might wake up once. It's not a big deal. She's not going to be interrupting the little sleep I get. When you have a baby and a newborn, you're basically opting for zero sleep. So that's just one thing to think about. Now, if you go ahead and wait a little longer, and let's say you have like a three, four, five-year-old and a newborn, what happens then is that your child is older, they're independent, you had a long period of time where it was just you two, so it might be a little bit of a harder adjustment bringing in a new baby for your other baby. Um, like, so for your three, four, five-year-old, but they're self-sufficient. That means they can grab a snack. They can go watch a movie while you take a nap. There's just like a little bit of benefits that like you can be sitting in the living room or even your bedroom and have your kid like watch a movie while you and the baby take a nap or something. That is something I couldn't do with Mia. Her attention span as a two-year-old just wasn't there. She will watch maybe a 20-minute episode of something, and then she's ready to play. So um, there's just a lot of pros and cons. The other thing to consider is, you know, biologically, you know, the younger you have kids, overall, the healthier you could be during pregnancy, the easier it could be during pregnancy. Pregnancy is always hard, but it just, there's a chance it'll go a little easier, especially because the you know, they start considering you high risk after 35 or 34, I'm not sure. And um, that honestly scares me because I'm 28. And I'm like, Oh, if I want any more kids, they got to come out before that age. But um, yes. So when do you want to have another baby? It is up to you. I will tell you there was a lot of challenges having a two year old and a newborn, but I think it was the best scenario for us. I don't think I would want a baby any younger. I wouldn't want my kids to be even closer in age, um, just because dealing with two babies. And also know this, 
no matter how you decide to do it, you'll survive it. You know, like I, I think about twin moms and I have a friend who has twins and she's like, people ask, how do you do it? It must be so hard, but it's all she's ever done. She's only always had two. So yes, it's hard, but that's the norm. And so it's kind of true. Your threshold for what you can handle is just based off of what you're given. Um, so if you just had a baby and you want another baby, go ahead. I will say it, it is beneficial for your body to have some downtime between pregnancies. Pregnancy is very hard on the body. Not just so that you can like lose your weight. It's also beneficial for you to lose the baby weight and then have another baby as annoying as it is instead of waiting to the end and losing it all. Overall health wise, if you think about it, that makes sense. You're entering the pregnancy like a little bit healthier or whatever. In the end, do what you want. It's your life. It's your body. I just know that um, what worked out for me was having a two-year-old and a baby. And Mia was still so much a baby herself, you know, seeing this other baby. So it's really cute and it's really sweet. But she still goes down for a a two-and-a-half-hour nap in the afternoon. She can play by herself for an hour. So there were just, like, some added benefits. Um, Obviously, the cons are they are both in diapers. Um... A two-year-old is still kind of clingy and whiny and there's tantrums. And when you just get your newborn to sleep and a two-year-old bursts into a tantrum and wakes them up, it can be the most frustrating thing because you can't really get mad at your two-year-old because they're just expressing their feelings. But I need to express my feelings and my feelings are hurt because I just worked hard to get that baby to sleep. So those are just some things to consider. All right, so now I want to get into um, a topic that I've been meaning to talk about, and this is where I'm going to say trigger warning for anyone who has body image issues, who has struggled with an eating disorder in the past, or is currently struggling with one right now, because now I would like to share my experience dealing with an eating disorder and how I intend to um, go about parenting a girl and what it looks like with food and growth and health in a girl, and also some things that you should do if you have a girl you shouldn't do. This is my advice based off of my experience with myself. Um, And I want to kind of explain my history and background because I've been seeing it go around so much lately that a lot of people I follow um, have this history. And literally for the past two weeks, I've seen different like Instagram lives with people talking about it. And so I thought I would share my story here because this is where I do the bulk of my, um, I don't know, like connecting with people. So we're going to get into that right now. Um, so just trigger warning, if you are struggling, you might want to turn off, come back, you know, with the next episode. Um, if you are, have recovered, I don't think this will trigger you, but just just be aware of how you're feeling as I go through this episode. And if you feel the need to to turn it off, turn it off, or it could also be therapeutic to share that experience. I know for me, listening to someone who had the same experience as me um, over the past couple of weeks was therapeutic because I'm so far past recovery that I'm okay to do it. I'm not like in a fragile state. So that's just a little warning for you there. All right, so here's my story. Um, Now, I say that I'm so far past recovery. That doesn't mean that I don't have insecurities and I don't get frustrated. And there are, 
I feel 100% perfect and I love my body 100% of the time. There are days where I feel really good and there are days I feel really bad. And I think that's the norm for most people. It's just that those bad days don't destroy my whole life anymore. And the good days, I want to say, outweigh the bad. I'm not 100%. So basically, I went to private school for middle school pretty much I did like a interesting schooling history I was homeschooled um, I went to public school I went to private school but for for sixth and seventh grade I went to a private school and then in the eighth grade my best friend and I decided to go to public school together because basically because of tv because we knew we could we wouldn't have to wear uniforms and we both really wanted to go to public high school and so we figured let's get our feet wet um, so there's a couple of things that, I mean, as an eighth grader, I guess I shouldn't, I could have thought of, but I didn't. Hindsight's twenty twenty. is that entering a new school as a senior is weird. It's, it's just like a weird thing to enter a school. Like even as a sophomore, when I say senior, sophomore, I mean, okay, so the middle school went from seventh grade, eighth, sixth, seventh and eighth grade. That was the school I went to. So it's kind of weird to enter the school in the eighth grade where these people have known each other since the sixth grade. So we're basically entering in as new students. No one knows who we are. It's not the middle of the school year. It's the beginning of the school year. But again, most of these kids have gone to the school from the beginning since sixth grade. So we entered in the eighth grade and we had a hard transition and adjustment and Honestly, the hard adjustment wasn't, I mean, there were some, the school was bigger, figuring out the rules. There was just like this adjustment period that was natural. But what happened was because I was, and I'll talk for me about me specifically, because I was able to wear whatever I wanted. And if you know me, you know, I care about fashion. I like fashion. I, I, I have, I like to say I'm mom chic, mom comfy, business chic. Some days I'm a little dressed up for business. Some days I'm dressed down for casual. Some days I'm in pajamas, but I like to be cute when I can. And so I've always been like into fashion. I used to always say the world is your runway. And I, I, w- I went through three outfits a day in college. Like it was a whole, the whole thing. So Anyway, I enter the bus. We enter the bus our first day of eighth grade. I'm wearing sunglasses, a leather jacket. My hair is um, has like a fresh blowout and I'm just feeling myself. And I guess I came off stuck up and people bullied me. I think at first they were interested in knowing who I am. And then I, so I went to a predominantly white school and then a predominantly black school. And so I, I didn't have like what people would, I didn't talk black. Like I didn't, talk black so they were like why do you talk like that and I would be like talk like what this is just how I talk and I'd be like hi I'm Brittany blah 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 and I thought I would be fine because although I went to private school in sixth and seventh grade um in fifth sixth and seventh grade I went to three different schools so every year I started the school year as and I guess eighth grade so fifth sixth seventh and eighth grade I started the school year as like a new student. So by the time I was entering eighth grade, I had mastered this. I knew how to meet friends. Um, I kind of like enjoyed being the new girl because typically people were interested in who I was. But in this case, people just bullied the crap out of me in the eighth grade. And I say it lightheartedly, but it was really um, traumatizing. And it 
only or I'll say it primarily happened on the bus and then sometimes in the hallways if I saw people from the bus and so they threw trash at us they called us mean names um they didn't like the fact that I liked Britney Spears and Eminem nonetheless my playlist and this is what makes me mad they want to act like I didn't like black artists but I did it's just at the time they were like what are you listening to and I was listening to Britney Spears but you have to remember that song low came out that year i was into everyone it wasn't like i just only listened to white artists it was just this one day and the way i talk made them determine that i didn't like black people or something and then i was bullied on the bus with my best friend and it was really bad it got to the point where we would purposely miss the bus so my dad would have to drive us to school which would make him late for work and um we filled out bully reports, but I didn't know their names. I can only describe what they looked like and what they were wearing, and that didn't go anywhere. So, like, every day I fill out a bully form, but nothing's happening. So, obviously, this took a toll on my self-esteem. I remember one day, me and my best friend were just... We got off the bus and we went straight to my bedroom and we just, like, held each other and we were both sobbing because we didn't know what we could do. <clears throat> Flash forward... Um, I think I've told you the story, maybe I was watching the show Degrassi and a girl on there developed an eating disorder. The girl who I most identified with on the show at the time, um, or the girl I liked the most on the show, I thought she was gorgeous, thought she was perfect. And anyway, so I started mimicking her behaviors and then it turned into a full blown obsession and addiction. And I, it started with me just counting calories and then it turned into me cutting a ton of calories for no reason, weighing myself kind of excessively, working out whenever I could, and getting really proud. Like, I almost praised myself the less I ate. And it was just this really toxic, really unhealthy thing. My family noticed it. And my road to recovery was a long one. And it took me going to see a therapist. It wasn't inpatient or anything. Um, it was outpatient and really working on myself and um, getting um, faith, a relationship with Jesus and coming together there that I started to kind of like learn my worth again and kind of had to rebuild and re rebrand. I like, it's not the right word to say, but like rebuild myself up. So um, the period in that time with that disorder was hard. People... Um, told me that I looked really skinny, but they were saying it like, why am I losing so much weight? Like it was a bad thing. And I took it as a compliment. Um, it was just like a really dark time where like I, I started to cover up the mirror cause I knew I couldn't look at it. And part of my recovery, my therapist didn't tell me to do this, but I told myself to do this. When I just started eating again, I turned my, I had like, um, a standing mirror. I turned it around for a long time and I would not look in that mirror um and in the bathroom mirror I had like sticky notes like you're beautiful you're strong you're gorgeous and I had to do these positive affirmations every day and I learned my biggest problem was that I was comparing myself to other people and at the end of the day I would always think well I weigh less than her so I'm better or I'm skinnier than her so I'm better and it was this kind of crazy toxic thing and so um, I kind of struggled in college, but not as bad. I still worked out routinely and that eventually died off. And, um, 
I kind of like re-fell in love with food in college where I was like, okay, I'm going to enjoy these years. And I really lived and I really enjoyed college years. And honestly, um, something that can either be really harmful or really helpful in recovery uh, is having a baby. And so I, I had my baby years, 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 years later. I had Mia um, like five years later when I was feeling fine. I, I had, you know, been good for five years. And having her was really healing because it, and it was weird because for one, I knew that I had to gain weight. And this was the first time in my life where I knew that like I could not control the fact I was going to gain weight and that in fact it was healthy and necessary for me too. So I didn't have a scale, but I remember when I went to the doctor's office, I wouldn't look at the scale um, and they wouldn't tell me. At first I hadn't gained anything for a long time with her. And then it was like, oh, you've gained a pound. Oh, you've gained two pounds. And so I kind of gradually gained with her and that was really helpful. Um, with Elliot, that was a different story. He's a big boy, but, um, and having a baby and just going through like the miracle of life and creation can be really, really healing. Cause all of a sudden your body just goes through incredible changes. And I was like, wow, there's, it's just, when you have your first pregnancy, it's just something special. Um, I was just amazed. Like I could feel her kick and, then I gave birth to her and I was like, my gosh, I am incredible. I, ha- I have this whole human and she's the most special human ever. And so it was very, very healing. But because of my history, I'm very cautious and very aware of how I talk about myself and how I talk to my child and the way people say things to her. And that's where it's kind of tricky. I remember I struggled for a lot of times over the course of my life when people would say like, oh, you look so good. You've gained a couple of weight or like, oh, you, you're, um, your shape is nice or something weird like that. Um, <laughs> I just don't want people to mention, you know, oh, she's got baby. If she has baby weight for a while, don't mention it. If she gains weight all of a sudden, don't mention that. You can just say, oh my gosh, you look beautiful. You look so grown up. That's fine. Leave it at that. I don't like weight and numbers to be attached to things. I don't like people saying, oh, you're so heavy or, oh, you're so, so big because I feel like those are negative words. Now, obviously she's too, so big is a good thing, but as she gets older, that's going to have to kind of cease and desist. Um. I'm also hoping that with the the move with body positivity and people just accepting all sizes that even if she to be honest Mia is tall and lean now she's only almost three years old so that could change over time regardless I just with I'm hoping with the rise of body positivity that people aren't super insecure or image focused as they are these days. Um, Something that does scare me that this is going off a little bit is if you guys use TikTok, uh, it's the only way that I would see people who are like 12, 13, 14. They can look so much older with makeup. And what's happening is kids are kind of skipping the ugly stage. Like I feel like for our generation as millennials, everyone had an ugly stage. And it's like that, you know, eighth, to 10th grade or like 7th through ninth grade it's just kind of a funky situation right i'm talking about like weird hair braces acne and a terrible terrible fashion sense 
but it seems like kids are skipping that. And I don't like it because they're just, there's, it's kind of like a rite of passage in a way. And also I don't want my child to look grown. So it will be kind of a challenge and hopefully us millennial parents are all kind of band together and rope it in for, you know, this generation where like Mia will play, she has play makeup right? She likes to play with makeup. I'm not saying that she's not going to be able to wear makeup, but she doesn't have to have full face glam. I do think there's a difference between like everyday makeup and then full face glam. And I'm somebody who likes makeup. I'm trying to to get better at it, but I definitely don't wear it every day. Um, I don't think I need to. Where am I going? What am I doing? My husband, you know, likes my natural face. But, uh, like, if she wants to wear some lip gloss and a little eyeshadow, no biggie, and, like, a smidge of blush. But if you're trying to contour your face every day, girl, we're going to have a conversation because I can't even contour mine. So, anyway, roping that back in. I'm just saying that I hope that this next generation, with the rise of, you know, body positivity, everyone goes through, like, weird, you know, struggles and stages. It's okay to feel, you know, uncomfortable in your body and, like, really get used to it. Um... But I'm just not really a fan of the fact that kids are skipping the ugly stage. I think it's a necessary stage of life. In fact, I would hate to see... Actually, I would love to see your book of me. I was skinny. I was still kind of cute, but like awkward. There's just like an awkward stage kids are skipping. And I need the awkward stage to stay because it's like part of your innocence. And um, yeah, I'm all about that weird stage like it's gonna be weird to look at like oh you look kind of funny but it's fine anyway as I was saying basically having a baby really helped me with body image now of course after you have a baby there's a whole other struggle but it having a baby kind of like changed the way I think about my body and not to say that I feel 100% But I will say I could see how somebody who maybe isn't fully recovered could have a really hard time being pregnant and being forced to get on a scale. And you can always tell your nurse or doctor, like, hey, I have history. I don't want to know how much I weigh. Uh, Just let me know if there's ever a problem or something like that. And they'll be really aware of that. But I just wanted everyone to kind of hear my story, at least a little bit of it, as I see people are really sharing are really sharing it right now and I've been thinking about it for a while and it just felt like time to to say something about it and it definitely has affected how I raise and parent a girl uh but I do want to switch to a different topic now it really is cool to have a boy and girl I told you I was switching to a different topic and I'm not sure if I want any more children and I'm not saying I do I'm not saying I don't because I can't speak for future Brittany but uh 2021 Brittany feels good and I'll tell you why I was talking about you know when to decide if you want to have another baby or not and things like that I think all babies are blessings I would never I mean, I might be like, if I was got pregnant right now, I'd be like, oh, not really part of the plan. Um, but we'll we'll work with it. Every baby is a blessing and it's all a miracle. And I'm so blessed to have been able to give birth to Mia and Ella, Elliot, um, mostly in the way that I wanted to. I conceived really easily and they've been healthy. So I feel super blessed because I know that's not the case for everyone. 
And even though I had some annoyances with my last pregnancy, they were just that annoyances. Nothing was ever serious. Nothing, you know, everything has always been fine. But uh, I have a girl and I have a boy and it's kind of perfect. I think, (laughs) I think it's really great for us for a number of reasons. Mia gets to be a daddy's girl. So Ethan gets to have like this cute, special relationship with a with a girl, the daughter, and I have a son and I, you know, he's still a baby, but there is something different about having a boy. I don't know. I didn't believe it. In fact, I was really scared when I was pregnant that I didn't have enough room in my heart that I couldn't love another baby as much as I loved Mia, which if anyone ever feels like that one, you're not wrong for feeling like that. I think it can feel like you you love this one child so much, how could you possibly love anyone else, you know, the same way? But you do. Your heart grows with each baby. Like your love multiplies, it doesn't divide. So don't be afraid of that. You will 100% love this other baby so much in while maintaining the same amount of love, if not more for your other child. So don't ever worry about that. I know that it it, it can be a fear. I remember when I was pregnant, it was something I feared. I was like, how am I going to do this? But it love multiplies. It doesn't divide. But uh, anyway, there is something really different about having a boy versus having a girl. And I can't describe it. I can't explain it. I can't tell you what it is. But the bond between a mother and son is just like different. And I freaking love it. And also, it's cool to have a girl for me because I'm a girly girl. And as an adult, I'm friends with my mom. And I hope Mia will be my friend forever. I don't know how that'll go. But it is cool to have someone to go shopping with. And I am such a girly girl and I went through such a boy crazy stage and I love fashion that I feel like, you know, if Mia is interested in those things, it's going to be really fun to do those things together, to go to the nail salon together, to talk about boys over coffee and ice cream and, you know, one day sit on the patio and have wine and chat about our husbands. It's going to be fun. Like it's like a special thing. And the same with Elliot and Ethan is that if Elliot is into sports, he might not be. And I'm not bounding my kids to be interested in anything. I would love it if Mia cheered and danced because I cheered and I danced. And that would be amazing. But if she doesn't, that's fine. If she just plays soccer forever, that's fine. If she wants to draw, that's fine. I will support whatever her hobby is. But it would be cool if, you know, they. it is cool if they do end up interested in things that me and Ethan are interested in. So if Elliot's into basketball or football, Ethan will be over the moon. Um, but also, I feel like I just love how like four is just a good number. I feel like things are made for four people, which is unfortunate for, you know, some people, but fortunate for me. Like for instance, the game Candyland has four pieces and last night we played and Elliot had a piece, even though he's a baby. And, you know, there's that. When you sit at a booth, you know, there's room for two people on each side. That's the four of us. The only thing is when you go on an airplane, I can't, I haven't been on an airplane in so long. The last airplane I went on, it it's like rows of three. And so that's awkward because we would have to like have me, Elliot, Mia, and then on the other side have Ethan or something like that. Or we would have to just have like 
or sit behind each other and then have an awkward person or buy an extra seat. So I haven't figured out like what I feel like doing in terms of flying. Not that we're flying this year, but I think we have some intentions to fly next year, possibly. Anyway, but I do just like, I like that when you have two, I will say, um, it's like tag teaming. You know, you grab this one, I grab that one. That's it. If there's more, well then, you know, there's going to be more to grab. My stopwatch just stopped working. It's been asleep for an hour and 17 minutes. I like to time how long Elliot's been asleep so I know if he's had a long enough nap on my Fitbit. And just to like see that way, I know like, okay, it's okay if he wakes up now or I'm going to really try to put him back down. But anyway, that's what I'll say. So I don't know if I want any more, but I really like where we're at right now. And it feels just kind of good. It feels right. And yeah, so I was just talking about my Fitbit and I'm just kind of rambling I 100% suggest getting a smartwatch or a Fitbit. Now, I will probably eventually get an Apple Watch. It is in my future. The only reason why I didn't want an Apple Watch is because I didn't want any more distractions from my kids. I already feel like there's enough technology in the house. There's enough things going on that I didn't want something that I could kind of play around with. But I did want to be able to like track, you know, how many steps I'm doing and receive text messages. And so my Fitbit does that. I can't call or text back though. So that's kind of annoying, which is why I might get an Apple Watch. But, uh, okay. So this conversation is going to end now because Elliot's waking up. Anyway, um, Elliot woke up obviously. And that's just how recording the podcast is so different now that I have a baby because I think when I started the podcast Mia was little maybe not even two yet and but she was not a baby baby like Ellie had six months so then it's just like bouncing when I have time to do it and normally he's asleep in my lap when I get a chance to record but yes so that is all I wanted to say about um having more kids and how I feel about having kids and um yeah I'm good with my my two I I always say two and through but I can't guarantee that future Brittany will feel the same way at that time though I am very convinced that getting a dog is much cheaper dogs don't have to go to college um they're pretty much like babies just a little bit not so I mean I'm convinced like if I start getting baby crazy, I need a new hobby or something. But for now, I have a baby, so I am not baby crazy, which is different. When I After I had Mia, I remember in the hospital, I thought, I can't wait to have another one. And um, I didn't feel that way after Elliot. I was like, oh my gosh, this is perfect. So I could be done. Who knows? Keep following the podcast. Yeah, in a couple of years, there might be a surprise. There might not. Who knows?